everyone. Welcome to the Phase One Podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Emerging Professionals Committee at IPS. We're your hosts, Ashley Martins and Moazam Khan. We're back with another episode. We want to thank everyone and all the positive feedback we got for our previous episodes. We really appreciate our guests. Our goal here at Phase One is to give you insights into the life sciences industry, whether it be career advice, current events happening in the industry, or speculating on what the future holds. We're going to talk about the topic that's on everyone's minds right now, coronavirus. Because of IPS's focus and expertise in the life science industry, we are fortunate enough to currently be working on multiple projects to treat or eradicate COVID-19. One such project involves designing a facility that will be producing a treatment for the virus. There are a lot of companies focusing on the preventative vaccine for COVID-19, but SAB Therapeutics is one of the few companies in the U.S. that is focused on developing a therapy for the virus. We sat down and talked with two IPS employees that are working on this project, Kamal Hati, a senior process architect, and Tom Ryla, the lead process engineer. Don't worry, we practice social and physical distancing for these interviews, and we are recording remotely. So Tom and Kamal, what is your role on the project? Uh, I can go first. So this is Kamal, um, and I'm a senior process architect, and my role in the project was as the lead process architect. Yeah, my name is Tom Ryla. I am out of the North Carolina office. My role on the project was the lead process engineer. And what I cover as a lead process engineer is uh, working with the client, identifying all the pieces of equipment to be used in the process, and then working with the process architect, which is Kamal on this project, to help lay out the equipment. So can you both give us an overview of SAB Biotherapeutics and this critical project you're both working on? Sure. So SAB is a clinical stage uh, biopharma company, and uh, they are uh, developing a few different pipelines. Uh, Mostly they are in clinical, uh, various stages of clinical development. And uh, their primary platform is based on uh, immunotherapy, uh, and uh, SAB is right now developing an antibody therapeutic candidate for COVID-19. They are a biotherapeutics company. What they are coming up with is a immunotherapy compound for the treatment of COVID-19 in this case. They have many different platforms that basically develop antibodies, and these are polyclonal antibodies to target a specific disease. And our role on this project for IPS was to design a downstream purification suite. A downstream purification suite is pretty standard across the industry because what we're doing is that we are basically doing a filtration and then selecting various proteins. So, Tom, how does this project differ from many of the other projects that you've worked on? What are some unique characteristics of this one? I I think the first thing that was unique about this one was... Every time I talk to somebody, say, hey, I'm working on this SAB project. It's a downstream purification. Everybody said, what are they doing upstream? Where is the bioreactor? I said, well, the bioreactor is a cow. And they're like, a cow? Yes. Well, it's animal science. I'm like, no, they are making human antibodies in a cow. So how are they doing this? Basically, they have a herd of genetically modified cows 
that will produce human antibodies. How do they do that? Were they just born that way or like what? They're born that way. Yes. Yes. The CEO of the company, Eddie Sullivan, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. He was one of the early researchers in genetically modifying and cloning of, uh, of animals for research. Uh, everybody remembers Dolly the sheep. At the same time, the CEO of SAB was working on a bovine clone. And this was a genetically modified bovine to produce a human antibody. So basically, this, this cow is genetically modified to turn off the production of bovine antibodies and turn on the production of human antibodies. So what that allows this to happen is the cow is inoculated with a specific disease and it causes a reaction in the cow to produce antibodies. And these antibodies in this specific kind of bovine produces human antibodies. And what we are doing as IPS is that SAB will go out and harvest plasma from these cows and they harvest plasma. Just like if we're going to capture plasma from humans, we pool this plasma and then it is separated uh, through various processes and then filtered to produce a concentrated antibody. Difference being that these are polyclonal antibodies derived from an outside of human source. Tom, that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing. So Kamal, from the process architecture side, can you give us some examples of how this project differs from your typical ones? Yeah, definitely. This is, uh, to me, this is a one of a lifetime type of a project, you know. First of all, um, this this was done so quickly. The design was done so quickly. And uh, SAB is a startup company. They're not a large biopharma company with, you know, large budgets. So we had to be still very careful about uh, being cost conscious. And uh, the footprint had to be kept fairly minimal uh, just because square foot cost of clean room construction is so high. So we had these challenges. And then uh, the second round of challenges that we had was um, even though it's a clinical uh, scale production because it's going in human, it has to meet all of the FDA requirements. So we had to maintain unidirectional flows and uh, various other uh, compliance requirements while uh, keeping it to a minimal uh, footprint to reduce the cost. And then, you know, just, just uh, you just feel that added pressure that uh, uh, because this is in response to COVID-19, you just want to make sure that you don't make any mistake compared to a regular project. You know, you don't have that type of pressure. Uh, and our schedule was extremely intense. Um, so we literally got a phone call from them all hands on deck uh, meeting and within eight hours at the job site, we all sat in a room within eight hours. I had the floor plan drawn and approved. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. So it's, it's been very exciting and uh, demanding project. Sounds like it. Um, but I'm sure it feels good to be part of something that is working to alleviate a actual public health emergency. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, I'm, I'm just grateful. Some of the top COVID-19 vaccine candidates are using new technologies like Moderna's mRNA approach originally developed for vaccination against Zika or Cancino Biologics adenovirus vector approach originally developed for vaccination against Ebola. What makes this project so unique? 
So as Tom mentioned uh, earlier, you know, SAB really has two unique advantages over uh, their competitors in the industry. The first one is this polyclonal antibodies. You know, most other uh, platforms use monoclonal, whereas if you have polyclonal, that means uh, your antibodies can mutate with the virus. Uh, so that's that's a big advantage for a vaccine targeting a virus. And the second advantage that they have is just uh, uh, the volume of uh, antibodies that they can produce versus, you know, some other uh, therapies which are relying on human plasma. So because they are using bovine plasma, you know, cows are fairly large animals. So you can harvest a large uh, amount of plasma and you can also hyperimmunize them, which uh, gives you... Uh, much larger concentration of antibodies. So they can produce larger quantity of antibodies versus their competition. That is so fascinating. Tom, what's your take on it? What makes SAB's therapy unique is that they are producing an antibody therapy versus a vaccine. The antibody is an immediate protection, near immediate protection against a disease. And in this case, we're talking COVID-19. So you can get injected with the SAB product and be nearly protected immediately against COVID-19. Um, now, this being an injection, uh, this is not your own body producing the antibodies. This does have a um, time a time limit within your body. Uh, so it's not a forever protection versus say if you had COVID-19 and then now you had, uh, or if you had a disease and then you had a long-term uh, antibody generation against that disease. The other unique uh, part, as Kamal mentioned, is the concentration of the antibodies, where what we are doing for SAB is taking the, the plasma from the, from the bovine, from the cows that's harvested, and we're concentrating this down. So basically, we're selecting just the antibodies. Uh, so we're making a concentrated product. In the initial tests, the results that SAB is seeing is that this is a four times greater concentration of antibodies than if one was to do a standard human antibody where, say, if, if you're going to donate plasma to me and I was going to get your antibodies, this is four times the concentration of the antibodies I would get from a donor. The other unique part of this is that, as Kamal mentioned, this is a polyclonal antibody where this will bind to the target disease in many different receptor sites. Uh, being a polyclonal antibody, where a monoclonal antibody, which is very common in our industry, only binds to one specific site or one specific target. The polyclonal will bind to many different target sites. Uh, when you are injected with this uh, therapy, for 28 days, uh, the, the antibodies, the, the concentration of the antibody goes down to 50% of its original concentration in 28 days. So it does provide you, uh, you know, a kind of semi-long-term immunity for, uh, say, frontline workers or immunocompromised patients. So every 28 days, technically, you can get a new shot and you are protected from COVID-19. So Tom, we heard someone from SAB was featured on another podcast. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Dr. Eddie Sullivan? Sure. Eddie Sullivan, what an amazing guy. This is somebody that if you met and asked, what's your life? You know, met them say in high school, hey, what's your life dream? This guy had it and he's still doing it today. Uh, versus if you asked me in high school what I wanted to do and what I'm doing now, 
not necessarily related. This guy has followed his life passion since he was in high school. I think another thing about Eddie Sullivan is that you can feel his passion for this company and this technology. I'm fortunate to be, when I work with our clients, we work with some of the brightest and smartest people in the industry. And when we did our kickoff meeting with SAB, when we walked in, we sat down and met with the chief technology officer, the purification manager for SAB, uh, super bright people. But when Eddie walked into the room and you could see he was totally engaged with what we were talking about and he could explain way over my head his technology and how the certain parts of the purification had to work. It was simply amazing. Somebody who's really in tune with his technology and really passionate about it. When I first met him, uh, you know, at that kickoff, he had told me like first 10 years, it was just pure science fiction and people took a chance on him because this has been going on for 20 years. It's only now we are seeing the results of all his dreams and hard work. Right. And we had a follow-up call with him right when COVID kicked off. And that's when SAB really started getting traction with uh, grants and funding for their project. Eddie shared with us, he said, a year ago, I could not get any of these research firms or anybody from the government to call me back. Now his phone is ringing off the hook. They're saying, wow, we really like your technology and we, we want to use it. That's really awesome to be working with such inspirational characters. Is he the one that came up with the cow idea? Yep, it's his baby. And first 10 years, he worked on it without knowing if it will work or not. That is somebody staying true to what they believe in, just focusing purely on his dreams, knowing that will make a difference one day for humanity. And here we are uh, in the midst of it. And we're glad to be helping him out with his project. So the day we were there to kick off this emergency COVID uh, response project, that was the same day WHO uh, had declared COVID to be a coronavirus to be a pandemic. And we are sitting in the room designing this project furiously under a tight deadline. Everybody from SAB was in that room and everybody from IPS and Eddie Sullivan was interviewing, he was having press conferences, and then WHO is, you know, making this announcement. It was the craziest day of my life. That's really awesome. So how did IPS get chosen by SAB for this project? So we have been working uh, with SAB for, I don't know, about two years, I would say, uh, about two years ago, uh, GCON, you know, who is our industry partner, uh, approached IPS because Eddie Sullivan and GCON had been in communication. And uh, Eddie's um, idea was to have, uh, you know, this pre-manufactured facility and using GCON. And GCON introduced IPS to SAB, you know, because of our expertise in the pharmaceutical designs. And uh, since then, uh, you know, it's been a great partnership. It's just been amazing to work with them. Like Tom said, you know, I mean, all these scientists, they're so passionate. It's, it's just like they're, it's their life. So Kamal, is there anything that you have learned while working on this project? Yeah, yeah, I learned a lot. Um, you know, it was a complex project. Uh, I had never, I had never used uh, some of the technologies that we used on this project. So, from uh, as a process architect, from technical standpoint, uh, I learned a lot. That's great to hear. Tom, what do you think? For this project, I learned a lot, and I always learn a lot. Every 
I think every opportunity, um, every day I wake up, I look for ways to learn. For this project, I kept a running list of of lessons learned. Like, oh, it, it some things might be more trivial, and others might be, geez, I I need to do that better next time uh, to be more efficient. Uh, so I'm constantly looking for ways I can be more efficient. And also, I'm looking for ways I can ask feedback. So uh, I'm asking feedback from peers that I pose a question to. And that way, next time, I can do that more efficient, or even I can give better direction to the engineers working with me. So both of you, how do you think the industry is responding to COVID-19 in general? I think as a pharma industry, we are doing a great job. You know, when we started uh, back in March, there was a bit of a confusion you know, there was a little more politics involved in the discussion in the media than I would have liked to see. But I feel like um, right now, uh, you know, the whole industry is really doing their best. Everybody is just working their hardest. I know from SAB, uh, you know, we've been working with these scientists and these guys have been working 60, 80 hours you know, leaving their families at home and just it's it's amazing to see the the passion they have and the urgency that everybody in the in the industry is sensing. That's really great to hear that people are so dedicated. And I think it's appropriate at a time like this that really requires people in the appropriate industries to really give everything that they have. And it makes you realize, right, how important science is. I mean, we're all waiting on a scientific discovery to save our our human race, literally. I, I hope that is a, a side effect of um, of this crisis. Something positive that could come out of it is that people have an increased appreciation for science. I think the industry's response to COVID-19 is one that is correct. I think the industry is moving as fast as it can to either a vaccine or therapy, but keeping the safety of our patients in mind. Um, it's our client's patients or our clients' clients that we have to be concerned about as an engineering firm. But our clients, I am glad to see that they are taking the appropriate steps to make sure that they protect their patients who are going to receive, whether it's a, a, a therapy or a vaccine, uh, that we do not rush into approving something without going through the proper clinical trials. Tom, I think that's an excellent point. And there's another thing that I've been thinking of that I saw in the news recently is that uh, some of these new treatments that are coming out, the companies are doing their best to price them at a level that makes them as accessible as possible to the mainstream public because this is such a unique time with the pandemic and ensuring that as many people get it, get the treatment available is as possible is, uh, is something that would really help us all out. So it's, it's a good sign to see that the industry is taking into account, not just the value of the product that they're producing, but also the ability of the positive good that having the ability of many people to have access to this sort of treatment would have on our on our society. Yeah, that's a very good point, Con. And that's a challenge that we face as an engineering firm is com- coming up with the most cost-effective solution. That's a challenge right now uh, because of limited availability of resources. This particular project that we've done for SAB was all single use, and there is a constraint in the supply chain right now of single-use materials. Fortunately, working on a COVID response, but there seems to be a lot of companies out there generating projects that have a COVID response and they all require materials. It's going to be a constraint as we move forward. 
that also adds to the costs. Tom, I had another thought, which is that so since this treatment is a treatment, it's not a vaccine. So let's say a vaccine comes down the road before this is fully approved for clinical trials. What are the company's concerns at that point? Will they do they feel like they're going to lose their investment if a, it's a if a successful vaccine comes out, or do they think that um, as most vaccines are not a hundred percent efficient, that some people will still, despite getting the vaccine, still get the disease and still have symptoms, and therefore there will still be a market for a COVID treatment. Yes, Khan, that's a very good point. I believe there will be a, a market for this therapy that SAB is developing, uh, whether we have a vaccine or not, because this provides an immediate uh, response and immediate protection of who receives this injection. So whether it's a, the COVID-19, uh, some of the other products that SAB has developed, a uh, SARS-MERS uh, antibody, their products will still be viable. For the market. Well, and also the quantity, right? We have the issue of, you know, we will need so many doses. And so we will need it all. I think that's a good point. Another, another good thing about the product that SAB is working on in the sense that it has a long half-life within the body. So for frontline workers, such as those who are being exposed to the virus on a daily basis, if you can prime their immune system and boost it with this sort of treatment before they encounter the virus, then it gives them a protective effect, basically like a shield of armor in addition to their PPE that can, uh, you don't necessarily have to wait until that person is sick before getting them the treatment. Is that understanding correct? That is correct, Khan. The therapy that SAB is working on will provide a, an immediate response for those frontline workers to protect them until a vaccine. And even if they had a vaccine, we still have to you know, wait a few weeks before it is effective. Think of your annual flu shot you get. Say the flu shot you get is the correct flu strain that happens to be going around. That doesn't provide you an immediate response. It doesn't protect you immediately. Uh, that still takes a few weeks for your body to naturally build a defense. So an antibody therapy uh, will provide an immediate defense while your body generates its own response to the vaccine that you received. And it will it will take a long time before everybody receives a vaccine. You know, so that that's going to be a next challenge. I have a question. Let's say COVID nineteen like is all done, and then another pandemic comes. Is this process that SAB is working on? Is this something that is easy to I guess manipulate then for a future pandemic? Is that the goal? Absolutely. That's the biggest selling point for SAB. And that's why they have had contract with Department of Defense, because their platform is geared to respond to these uh, emergency outbreaks. That is their bread and butter. The goal is to provide a rapid response to any disease that is threatening to our society. So they inoculate the cows with whatever, you know, say that the Department of Defense wants to send troops to a certain location. There is a certain outbreak in that location. And then, you know, you get SAB involved and then you create these targeted antibodies for whatever, whatever that virus may be. It may be a new, it may be an old one. So that's that's the whole concept of this SAB's uh, platform. That's really cool. Is it just for, vi this is, might be a silly question. Is it just for viruses or is it for like bacterial diseases too? 
Actually, it is for both. Um, not only viruses, but say for bacterial infection. Say you have a bacterial infection that is resistant to antibiotics. Uh, SAB successfully developed a therapy that they treated a patient was un- unable to respond to any antibiotic, and their therapy came along and cured this person. And the nice thing is they can develop this on a rapid response. Uh, so basically, inoculate a one of their ruminants, say a small ruminant, harvest a small amount of plasma, purify it, and inject it. And the timeline for this, about four weeks for them, once they inoculate until they can harvest and then purify and have a product ready to be injected. So that that's when we talk about a rapid response. We're talking about four weeks. Yeah, that's their selling point. You know, they can create custom personalized medication, whatever. Shut the front door. We're going to live for forever. <laughs> Look at us go. <laughs> and thanks so much for both of you for sitting down with us and chatting. Yeah, thank you thanks both. Thanks for the opportunity. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Thanks again to Tom and Kamal for sitting down and talking with us about the SAB project. It was so encouraging to hear about how successful this IPS team has been in responding to the pandemic. If listeners are interested in hearing more details about SAB and what Dr. Eddie Sullivan has to say about polyclonal antibodies developed in cows, they can check out the I Am Bio podcast. And its series is COVID-19, How It Ends. It's episode 16, Herd Immunity, and it's dated May 7th, 2020. We'll be posting a link in the show notes. For more information about this episode, please visit the Phase 1 website, anchor.fm slash phase 1. Phase One is brought to you by the Emerging Professionals Committee at IPS. Thanks to our podcast production team, Amy Armstrong, Chris Ashworth, John Dumas, Moazam Khan, Ashley Martins, Mike Mobby, Megan Ryan, and Dan Swanson. If you'd like to contact the Phase One podcast team, please email phase1podcast at ipsdb.com. For more information about IPS, please visit www.ipsdb.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Phase One on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.